The Gospel according to St. John, chapter 1, beginning to read at verse 1. The Word was made man. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God. Whose name was John. The same came for a witness. To bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, or was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighted every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own. And his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which we are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is anything of joy to witness another Christmas carol. And for you who are alive to see it. I say happy survival in Jesus' name. And also say glory be to God in Jesus' name. I'm sure old and young, male and female, you cannot afford to have taken your life today and your being alive in the land of the living, breathing in air, breathing our carbon dioxide. You cannot afford to have taken it for granted. People of all colors, sizes, Status, hues, they died. Older than you, your age mates, classmates, schoolmates, cosmates, younger than you. Look at the mercies of God. You're alive. Just to worship Him. When he gave us two pairs of shoes for dancing and 12 promises, 12 days to Christmas. Today is six days to Christmas, five days to Christmas, four days. Every day, worship him. That's all you owe him at this time. And that's why, as we sum up the events of the Christmas season, the coming of the child who came humbly, rejected of all, unaware of 
The world was running its course. The hustle and bustle of life was on. The rat races, the hot races, the money races, the building races, the plot races, the cryptocurrency races, the job races. They were all going on business as usual. And here is the king of kings. The Lord who will make our fallen nature back to him who made us. Born in a manger. Born wrapped in swaddling clothes. He came so low that he can accommodate everyone. He came from the highest to the lowest. There was no room for him in an inn. None. They just had to beg the animals to be able to find a foot space. But he came in order that no matter our situation in life, our station in life, how low out, how far gone, he can reach you. If he perhaps came in pomp and glory, a good number of us will say, no, he missed out on us. We are not his own class. He's looking for those up there. He got everyone in. And the Bible says where we read here, he came, he came, he came. He came then, he has been coming into the affairs of the world. He came at the beginning when Adam and Eve fell. That was in Genesis 3. Man fell off and fell away and went up. Even then, in Genesis 3, 8, 9, God came seeking man, seeking fellowship, seeking communion again. He announced in Genesis 22 the coming of the seed of Abraham. And 740 BC, before the event of Christ physically coming into the earth, Isaiah announced his coming. 710 years before Christ, Micah followed suit. About his coming. And when he did come, people were expecting to ride on in majesty. He came in a manger, lowly in a room where there was no space in the inn, no space in the hearts of men then, no space in the business Shadows and the itinerary of men then. No space in the government agenda. That was a period of census, national census. No space. No space. And as they seemed to have no space, it was only animals, the creatures, that seemed to have a little space. And today, men, women, authorities, still have no space. They plead busy. They plead other affairs. They plead other priorities. They have no space in policies. 
They have no space in their lives. They are too busy with life. No space. Yet, the moment they drop in their tracks, they will have every space. But alas, it's too late. He came. He came, eventually, as announced. He came. He came to have space. Alas, when we read in John 1, verse 11, he came unto his own. His own had no room, had no space, had no provision. They were filled with preparations of clothes, rice, granite oil, Burials are also coming now. There's a family that is, I think they are doing burial January 1. Every other social thing. Jesus has always been coming into lives, into history. Whether men like it or not, we are living in the year 2000 and what? 21 years after the birth of Christ. Consciously and unconsciously, irrespective of the revisionist agenda, revisionist says remove Christ. And for those of you who read literature and read history and read other social books, you will find that instead of BC or AD, what they have now is what? BCE. Or CE. So when you look at it, you will say, hey, okay, maybe they missed out. They wanted to say BC before Christ. They are saying before common era. They are saying common era. What is the problem? The C removed Jesus. So even in the event of times and history, they are rewriting it. But can it ever be done? What is done is done. And Jesus will still keep coming to the hearts and lives of men until eternity. But as many as receive him, he gives them what? The power. He transforms them from the ordinary, the mundane, the everyday waking up and sleeping with the chicken. They become replicas of what God intended in the beginning. They become children of God. They become transformed from within. They also radiate outside. And so Jesus came. Jesus has come again. Jesus is coming. We are celebrating the coming of Jesus. First time. That's why we have Christmas carol. We use it to mark the second coming of Christ and remind ourselves... That's why today in church calendar is the first Sunday in Advent, the Parousia. Jesus will come. The religions believe so. They only remove the reason why he's coming. The Muslims call him Isa. They say he will come again. The reason they said he didn't come, he will come again, was that in the first instance he didn't die. That God is a righteous God. That there was no way he could allow Jesus, righteous, a great prophet, to die on the cross, who had no sin. And so that at the point of crucifixion, 
that God plays some magic. That right there, it was, he removed the face of Jesus and it was the face of Judas. So Judas died. Jesus disappeared. That's why he will come. Is that not cock and bull story? But why did they say that? So that they can have an accommodation in their room for not believing that he's the king of kings and that he's the lord of lords. Because if he died and he's coming again, it therefore means that he did what? He rose. And if he rose, he has defeated the power of death, the power of sin, and therefore it means that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except but by him. So he's coming again. He's coming again in the season of Christmas. And every day he comes. He comes into our lives. He comes, if you allow him, to take ownership of the day. To take charge of affairs. To take control but this commentary here says there was no room, neither in the inn, nor in the program and planning, nor in the affairs of men that usually will accommodate him. And this time, Jesus is coming, and he's come. He's searching our lives. He's come to see whom he will stay in with. He's come. To see who he will come in with. He's come to see who will worship him. Not just by the singing of the melody or the lyrics of Christmas and the carol songs. But from the heart of an experience of a changed life. Of an encounter with him. Have you had that encounter? He's come and he comes to give meaning. To give direction. To give understanding. Now, when the serpent, who symbolized the devil, deceived Adam and Eve and received his own portion of assignment, he's been out since he was thrown out as Lucifer for thousands of years. None of us here, no matter how wise, no matter how tall, no matter how huge you are, can never defeat the devil in the game of life. All the nooks and crannies, all the crevices, all the ways of using 10% and 1%, and all the forwarding and backwarding, as Jesus said, the devil is the master of it all. He knows it all. And so the only way you, human yet, can outwit him, and still show forth the light and show the difference and not be in his calm is that Jesus keeps coming. Not only to take charge of our lives, but to give control. Luke 24, 15 and 16, the two men walking down to Emmaus were totally confused. They had read the scriptures. They had heard about that man of Nazareth. Here he was crucified, and they had heard that he had risen. They just couldn't make head or tail. Suddenly, Jesus came. He came into their midst, in their confusion, in their anxiety, in their troubles, 
and they are not being able to understand what was happening. I'm sure you've had experiences this year that you had paused at a while until you came to your senses, even the most spiritual, and you will say, why is this happening to me? And maybe the other question, God, why me? And if we are our God, I will ask you, who else, if not you? So how will I show you my experience and my power? But through this, Jesus came to simplify, to make matters easier, to point the way, to guide them at that difficult time of life. The Bible said even then they didn't know, just like many don't know, many still don't appreciate Maybe in this Christmas, many have still, in this period, I was reading an article, and it says that why there are usually some careless deaths around this period, are that some people want to share some unrivaled competition. At this period, they want to say they've made the most money, they build the best houses, they want to go and show off in the village. And he asked, what is their purpose? And so even if you just bought a new car, he will just plan one or two days and enter the road and enter into the bottom of the trailer. Not one do so, no. And then that will be the end of it, as it were. And so, programs plan, map for the body, for the house, for the food, for the drink, for every other activity. Mom says, where is Jesus coming into? Is there a room for him? The heart is yet as others are. Christmas and Kaumwa were called Agabakweaba. Okwakwaya kulene gany to dancing shoes. Agabakweaba. That is your focus. You can begin to change it. Jesus comes and he came and he's coming at every point. If there is room in your program, in your plan. In your itinerary, in your policies, in your ambition, he will direct you. The Bible says at a point, he opened their eyes of what? Understanding. And they knew it came together. And brethren, once he comes into your life, there must be a change of direction. There must be a change of realization. There must be a change of priorities. The men who were heading towards Emmaus, the moment Jesus shone the light of understanding, they turned again, changed direction, and became bearers of the witness of their revelation. Just like John was here. That's what happens to every life. Whom Jesus comes to on a daily basis, at the Christmas period, and in any event, people will notice, you will notice a change of direction, vision, priorities, goals. And may that happen to you in the name of Jesus Christ. God so loved this, showed his love towards us, that even while we were yet sinners, Christ came. And died for us. Just as we are. Without any plea. 
just as we are, without any room for him. He wasn't waiting for you to tell nine lies. Okay. I think that song said, Six Great Ideas. Is it the Great Ideas? Six Great Ideas. He wasn't waiting for your own ideas to fill up and lessen. He wasn't waiting for you to now clean up some of your secret lives. He wasn't waiting for you to clean up the dissembling. What you now do with your phone and internet, secretly unknown to all, but known to him and known to your heart. He wasn't waiting for you to get better by any mileage or degree. In your state, the way you are, Jesus came. And he's saying, just allow a room in your life for me. I will change things for the better. I won't only give you the blessings. I won't only give you the ideas. I will give you the promises. I will give you the victory over life. And every single day you live in the name of Jesus Christ. He came to his own. His own did not receive him. Have you received Jesus? Everyone who seems to go to church says, I know about Jesus. And also claim, I have received him. But have you really done so? Has he become the Lord of your life? Has your mentality changed? Has the real you changed? Has the faculty of you that responds to sin changed? Death to sin and alive to Christ in righteousness. Is there any change? If there is not, you haven't received him. As many as receive him, he gives them their power to become who? Sons and daughters, the children of God. You can wear his nature. He can have the authority permitted by you because it doesn't force anyone to come into your life. You will no longer be knocking. He will sit with you, come in with you, give you ideas, give you precepts. I just finished a series of exams and ask me, with all the challenges, the wind and the health. But I had, at a while, begun to know the secrets of some of the answers. Just like he has helped me in the course of some of the publications. Why? The Bible says that all the treasure of wisdom and what? Knowledge are where? Are hidden in him. And you are complete in him. So all I simply need... I will do the reading. I will do the hard work. I will make sure I've gone over the matter. But when it matters, I know what to do. And I will just click on. And say, Master, switch on. And sometimes, I told mommy yesterday, there are some I construct the answers there in the exam hall. You will ask me what the scores will be later. There have been some like that before. And then they said, uh, it's like a prof came here to collect all the A's in this place. But it's to God's glory. So, it's comprehensive. Open your hearts. Not church going now. 
The events of this year, old or young, are enough to tell you. If it had not been for the mercies of God, not by your intelligence, not by your connections, not by your money, if it had not been by the mercies of God, if it has not been by His providence, you and I won't be here. Don't let this opportunity slip you by again and just do Christmas again as a mere ritual. The same thing all over again. You've outgrown that. You should be beyond that now. You should be able to live above that now. You should be able to say, God, this is unique. I just want to worship you for what you have done in my life. Open my heart and my eyes to know you and to receive you and to have a transformation and have the power and the victory to live above sin even while I'm still alive. And so God commended his love towards us that even while still wallowing in sin, he sent Jesus to die. Salvation is free, but it's not cheap. It cost the blood of Jesus. It cost him agony. It cost him great pain. It cost heaven. But at a point he had to say, My father, my father, why have you forsaken me? And the unanswered, the question with the answer that was silent was, Because you are bearing the iniquity of the world. And I am of more righteous eyes than to behold iniquity, even when it is found in you. He was bearing yours. He was bearing mine. He has paid the price. Why are you still carrying it? Why are you still laboring in double standard? Why are you still living hypocritically? Why are you still running with the hair and chasing with the hand? Why do you come to church and then remain the same outside? No touch of Christ. That's a hypocrite, you know. And that's a person who desires a greater punishment if Jesus were to apportion same. You have nothing but to come open. Come clean. Come sincere. You've paid the price for my sins. Costly one it is, but it's free for my accepting. Nothing should hold you back, my dear. This is the season to make sure that as he came and comes again now, you receive him. You will not be among those whose eternal record is here, permanently in the gospel according to St. John chapter 1 verse 11. He came to his own, and his own did what? Received him not. The record on your account we read. He came to Uzzah, and he did what? And he received him. He came to Wando, and he did what? And he received him. May that be your eternal record in the name of Jesus. What does it cost? You come to your senses. I have lived life on my own lane, at my own reckoning, as if I own today and tomorrow. And life is but what? A whiff of breath. It's not in your hand. It's not in my hand. Tomorrow is even not. I can assure you, as I'm speaking now, somebody is dropping dead somewhere in the world. We've said it. At the snap of every singer, which is a second. There's a death somewhere. No, not death. 1.78 people. But you can't break people into fractions. 
So approximately two people die every second. So in one minute, about 108 people are dying. And then in one hour, you multiply that. But it's not even because of the fear of death. You who are alive, what will your life be without Christ coming in? What will it be? You stick on this way, you can't make it. You can't make it. You can't go on. You may make it in the five things that the senses can touch. And we have said it. It's three to tomorrow. Anything that your five senses can touch is not bound to last. It's not where your life is. Does not satisfy. It's not meant to fulfill. There's a spiritual vacuum in every man and woman. Since the fall of Adam, which God uniquely brought back by the ages, made the promises, and says, the Savior is coming. The Savior is coming. The Savior is coming. And now he's come. And all he says is, receive him. Then I can take over charge again. I can take communion with you again. Well, we read in that Genesis 3, it says that God came down in the cool of the day, searching for them as he used to. Communion lost. They devised their own method, devised their own cover, devised lies, became afraid, shut up themselves from the presence of God. That's what the rest of the world is doing. And that's what many are doing, yet without Christ. But the light of Christ shines in the darkness of each heart. And no heart, no matter how dark, can overcome it. This morning, if you are the one, and you don't have a witness of the Spirit, that you are a child of God. You will know. You will know. We keep it simple. You will know. That which is most important for life as a human being is what? Air. And so God allows you to breathe in air. And you know when you are breathing in air. When you are not breathing, you are choking. You call for attention. You suddenly wake up if you were in sleep. That which is necessary for eternal life too is the Spirit of God when Christ has come into your life. And when you also have him, you will know. If you don't have him, you will have no witness. So let the deception stop this morning, church. Let the hypocrisy stop. If there is no witness in your heart at any point, 10 years, 60 years, 70 years, church goer, church founder, you are not any of his. He who is born of flesh is what? Flesh. He who is born of the spirit is spirit. And you are born once into the world, you are born of flesh. For you to be born into the spirit, to be a child of God, you will also need a birth. God made it so simple. Why is it difficult to understand? The only thing is that there is no impute you have as a man. That's the problem we have. How can it be so free? How can it be so simple? I want to get in you, Chakam. Heaven helps those who help themselves. Okay, what did he think? But that's what he did. 
It is by faith. It is a free gift. So that no one will do what? Boast. So accept it. Humbly. Accept him. With all humility. Accept him. Consciously. Willingly. There will be a change. The light will shine in the name of Jesus. And the light that is the light of life of all men will give you a direction. Will stand you out. Any and everyone who is in Christ is already a privileged person. He has a way of standing you out anywhere. Unless you are not walking every day allowing him to come and give you direction. The moment his spirit is in you, he stands you out. Business, academics, bank work, farming, whatever it is, he stands you out. That's the excellency of our God. That's the victory. Why would you labor on your own? Carrying the burden, like an old woman, still carrying the load on her head, even when she's already seated in a vehicle. So it doesn't fall. Jesus has paid the price. He has come to you. Receive him. You have joy. You have meaning. You have the greatest gift of Christmas. The presence of Christ in your heart. And you'll be able to also do what? Share it out. You cannot give what you do not have. And so, this Christmas, this period, this season, with joy in our heart, we say, let there not be another holy ritual. No. Lift it. Elevate it. Make a meaning out of it this time. And when we say, Remember the five hours for the Christmas. Number one, remember that. Number two, Christ is the reason for the season. If you remember, has it become the reason for your life? You can't go beyond that if you haven't made a choice to receive him. And the choice is open. We shall throw it shortly now. Number three, when you remember that is the reason, the focus, him, not rice, not car, not new dress, children will look for some. I heard some over the radio saying, look, this Christmas is a difficult period. Parents, your children cannot afford to cease to complain. They need a new dress. Go to Akereka. When you get to Akereka, get one dress. Iron it very well. Present it. Okay. Whether you buy that or not. Even Akereka is not cheap. Anymore now. How is it? So remember he's the reason for the season. Have him. Center on him. Worship him. Rejoice. Rejoice. If not Jesus, who else? If not Jesus, what else? If not Jesus, where would you have been? If not Jesus, what else? What are you without him? Rejoice in that. Worship him. And then, reflect on this so that you ask yourself, if you have gotten him, how far? How far have I displayed him? And when you have reflected, finally, reach out. Radiate it. Reach out with that same message. Reach out with that same joy. Reach out to let the others also embrace him like you have done. Reach out to bring joy to the life of others. And may the Lord, today, tomorrow, this Christmas, beyond, keep coming into our lives, our heart, and not only cause us to accept him as the Lord and Savior, 
and walk in that reality, but to also let him be our director, our controller, our guide, the lift up of our head, revelation bearer, a witness. And we can stand tall in the affairs of life now and in the years ahead if Jesus starts in Jesus' name. Shall we bow our heads to pray? Have you received Jesus who came in a manger humbly? He came from the guttermost to the uttermost. He's able to save them. No matter your situation, no matter how low, no matter your level of education, no matter your level of acquisition, no matter your age, there's space for you. That room in a manger, none, none can be lower than that. Jesus is accommodating you. You don't have peace in your heart. And you don't have a witness in your heart that Jesus has come in and shone the light of salvation. This is the best opportunity. Wherever you are, you want Jesus to come in to shine the light of salvation, of freedom, of peace, of joy unspeakable. You want him to shine it on, to give you the best gift himself. You no longer want to live on your own. You don't know it all. You don't have tomorrow. Life affairs have humbled you. And they can yet humble you. You need him. And you want him right now. Into your heart. And into your life. And into your affairs. Please, all heads bowed and all eyes closed. If you do so, just raise your hand where you are. I want to pray with you. As you raise your hand, raise it very well. I want to receive Jesus. As many as receive him, he gives them the power. If you don't have the witness of the Spirit in your heart, if you have not been born a second time, if at no time your life, your heart has said, there's a change, sudden peace, because of a decision you took, you are none of his. Who will be celebrating another Christmas? without belonging to him. You're running a risk, my dear. You're running a risk of eternity. You're running a risk of your present life. If anything happens, you're gone and gone forever. What a waste. He stands at the door of your heart and knocks. I want to receive him wholeheartedly, sincerely. I want to have a witness that is my Lord. And forgive me and give me victory over sin. Raise your hand very well. The Bible says you believe with your heart unto righteousness. You confess with your mouth unto salvation. If you come, believe that you are a sinner, you cannot help yourself. But Jesus has paid the price for your sins and died the death on the cross of Calvary and shed his blood on your behalf. And you believe by faith. That as you call him in, the finished work of Christ, he will forgive you, cleanse you. And you call him by faith, you shall be saved. Repeat this prayer after me from the depth of your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you. You love me. You died on the cross and shed your blood for my sins. I know I'm a sinner. I'm repenting. From my past life and my sins, I'm turning to you. Forgive me. 
cleanse me. Give me the power to be your child. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. And lead me on from today to your glory. In Jesus' name. As many as receive you, Lord, you give them the power to be your children who were born not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but by your power. Lord, as these ones simply receive you and ask you to take charge of their life, Almighty God, write their names in the book of life in Jesus' name. Let all things pass away and let all things become new in the name of Jesus Christ. And Heavenly Father, let the peace that passes all understanding fill their hearts and mind and fill the rooms of their lives with your presence today and the rest of the days of their life to the glory of your name. And every power of sin and every power of the devil and every power of the world that has had a hold upon them, we break them in the name of Jesus and release them unto wholesome, comprehensive living, displaying your grace and your mercy this day and the days following of their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.